This is The Plural of You, a podcast about people helping people. I'm Josh Morgan. <laughs> Barry Pavelic is the founder and CEO of truckdrivershealth.org, a nonprofit organization that encourages healthy lifestyles among truck drivers in the United States. Barry travels to truck stops and trade shows across the country in a customized 18-wheeler, and he teaches drivers about diet and exercise. His organization also offers to help trucking companies set up employee health programs and a hotline for drivers seeking health-related services. What's even more impressive is that he and his team provide their efforts as volunteers, free of charge. I talked with him about his work recently via Skype, and I'll play our conversation in a moment. I can only speculate on the occupational group that Americans might take for granted the most, but I think it's safe to assume that truck drivers and transportation workers would be near the top of the list. I think it's also fair to speculate that truck driving is one of the toughest jobs affecting one of the largest groups of Americans. I've read and heard varying figures on how many truck driver jobs there are in the United States, including from Barry, but there appear to be about 2 million long-haul positions, and those require travel across state lines. Long-haul drivers generally work under much more dangerous, unhealthy, and lonely conditions than local delivery drivers, and that's why they concern Barry more than any other group. You know, it's amazing how little we as Americans know about the trucking industry, especially since we rely on truck drivers to deliver most of the products that we buy. You'll hear Barry talk about the conditions that most long-haul truck drivers face in a bit. What's clear from research is that the job of a long-haul truck driver is associated with all sorts of medical ailments, including cardiovascular disease, diabetes, and sleep apnea, as well as psychological ailments like depression and addiction. Long-haul drivers can't exactly break from their runs to seek medical attention, so driver health has become a serious topic in the industry in recent years. It's also a major reason why turnover in the industry has historically been higher than in other industries. Despite criticisms of how inefficient our transportation system is, or how difficult its jobs may be, there are millions of men and women out there who have chosen the life. Some of them do it because they love it, and they're aware of the risks involved. But either way, I think truck drivers deserve a little gratitude once in a while for accepting work that needs to be done. Keep that in mind the next time you pass a semi in traffic or meet a driver at a rest stop. So back to Barry. Barry saw the situation that truck drivers were in while working as a vendor in the trucking industry. He also had a heart attack while working as a driver himself. After that, he started a nonprofit in the mid-1990s dedicated to helping truck drivers and regular folks lead healthier lifestyles. He named it Walk a Mile America and that evolved into the organization that he runs today. These days, he drives across the country to educate truck drivers and trucking companies, and he's able to do so thanks to support from sponsors within the industry. Now, I have a couple of notes before I play our conversation. First, Barry will be the first to tell you that he's not a licensed medical professional. If you're a truck driver and you're experiencing any of the medical problems described in this episode, talk to a doctor or visit truckdrivershealth.org for help with finding one. Second, Barry may be the hardest working person I've contacted so far for this podcast, to the point that he did paperwork at his office in Hinton, Oklahoma, while we recorded our conversation. There's some background noise that I tried to clean up, but I hope it won't distract you too much. Anyway, he was super generous with his time, and I hope that you'll find what he has to say useful. Here's Barry Pavelic, founder and CEO of TruckDriversHealth.org. So how's your day been so far? Yeah, not too bad. It's a nice, and actually, it's pretty nice in Oklahoma right now. We got the wind. There's a cold front coming in, 
if it brings some rain, we'll be happy. Right now, all the rain is on the east side of the state, not the west side, and that's where we are. So I read somewhere that you're from Buffalo originally. How did you wind up from Buffalo all the way in Oklahoma? I had a construction company up in uh, Buffalo, New York, and we got sick and tired of paying the uh, politicians. We were getting hit with taxes. We're, I mean, it was just getting to, uh, quite ridiculous to run a business in New York, and that's why I packed everything up. Went to Arizona, stayed there for almost 20, I think about 25 years. You know, I had a construction company there also, and we had heavy haul truck. We did a lot of heavy haul trucking for the uh, government. Okay. Got a little crazy out there after a while. We just decided to say, hey, uh, let's just find another place to go. So I said, I don't really care where we uh, where we settle down. She looked at a home here, liked it. We bought it. We've been here 25 years. You went from Buffalo to Phoenix and then to where you are now in Oklahoma. Yeah, in Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah, very small town. So I was wondering about your background in trucking. Have you been a trucker before? I know you said you own construction companies. but Well, we sold a company in uh, New York. What we did is we knew we liked to travel. And our specialty was in super heavy haul, which means that's the stuff that you're in Pennsylvania and you're sitting behind it and there's an escort car there and five cops. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's what we did. Okay. We also had custom trucks. The one truck we had had two Lazy Boy recliners in it. (laughs) I didn't know that was possible. (laughs) Yeah, well, the trucks come a long way. Satellite, big screen TV, you name anything you have in your home, I can put that in a truck. Almost like an RV, it sounds like. But there's not that many out of them. There are five or six million truck drivers out there. Less than probably 1% actually have the um, ability to buy something like that. Right. So how'd you get interested in keeping these men and women healthy? Yeah. When we sold the trucks and decided what to do, we wanted to find out. I enjoy working, so I like to do stuff in the industry, and there's a lot of good men and women out there. What I tried to do is I started looking at things. How can I still make an income and drive a truck or a Winnebago? So I said, well, how can we offset that and do something I still enjoy? And we had formed a company called Truck Stop Events International, Mm -hmm. a company uh, that needs to have products put into the transportation industry has a hard time doing it. Drivers are only in a truck stop at night. They're not at the same truck stop maybe once every two weeks or maybe three weeks. They don't even get to the truck company with every three, two, three weeks. I'm going to have to get to the truck driver somehow. So what we did was we formed that company, and I uh, worked with a couple other people, had a contract with different truck plazas, and we basically just went out there and started talking to them and saying, hey, here's, here's what's available in the industry, and you can buy it or not buy it, but here, you know, we bring it out like a showcase. When I was out there, that's when we actually noticed my degree was in physical education. Okay. I graduated from the University of Buffalo and Air Community College was when I started college up in the Buffalo area. I always enjoyed being healthy. I was in the Marine Corps, so, you know, most Marines are fairly healthy. Mm -hmm. Watching the drivers, I was watching a change. They were starting to put the weight on them. They weren't as heavy and unhealthy 30 years ago, believe it or not. They really have changed. What changed? Only my opinion. I believe it's what we're eating. I believe the, um, you know, 20 years ago twenty or 30 years ago, the chemicals that are in, uh, are sprayed on the products that we eat today 
were just beginning. They were just starting to spray corn. Mm-hmm. We have men and women that are eating the same products that they ate 30 years ago. Unfortunately, though, the products are not leaving our system. They're staying with us longer. It's harder to get rid of the product, the chemical, because it goes right into the fat cells. So the the trend among truck drivers basically followed the same trend that the rest of society did. It wasn't anything different. At one time, I think it was a little faster. The truck industry, the transportation industry, I think, put it on faster than the normal society, only because of the fact that a few other health issues came about at the same time. Truck driver being stressed out, being long hours, eating irregular times, irregular food, stuff like that, put more stress on the body than John Doe did. John Doe got a full night's sleep. He could he did do a little activity, getting up, taking a shower, going to work. A truck driver wasn't facing those uh, things. It just he drove fourteen hours a day, sat around in his in his truck, sat around at the truck plaza. So his sedentary life was slower than the average individual in America. But now that system's also changed. The chemicals are now catching up to our society. So tell me about truckdrivershealth.org. What kinds of programs do you have in place to try to help these people? Well, when we started Truck Stop Events International, we started watching the drivers change. And just for curiosity, being that I was a Marine and I had a degree in phys ed, I was wondering why, you know, the question everybody else is, why are they getting so unhealthy? So I started doing questionnaires. When we started doing questionnaires for Truck Stop Events International, we did not get a lot of the research with the correct names and information on them. And what happened was when we started asking drivers, uh, how's your health? Have your family had health problems? We were getting some of the information back, but we're getting them with the names Donald Duck, Goofy, Peter Pan. Mm -hmm. We didn't know why. And when you get about three or 400,000 surveys back and they're all like that, it's a, what did we do wrong? Well, we started asking the drivers again, why are we not getting the information? What they told us was, well, we do not want our company or our industry know that I might have heart troubles because the possibility of losing the position. Oh, wow. I never considered that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even though they can't do it legally, it's done every day. Right. The thing was, then I said, well, how can we get the information? Well, Truck Stop Events International doesn't really say anything about help. It was just about events. So we started a program and said, well, how can we help the men and women with programs? A lot of our friends and our staff had degrees in their positions. And I sat down with them and said, what can we really do that makes this thing come across to the drivers that they need to be healthy? Walk a Mile America is what the program that came out with 15, 18 years ago. And even that was limited because Walk a Mile America does not have trucking in it. it. You hear Walk a Mile America, it has nothing to do with transportation, and that's what happened. So Walk a Mile America, is that more of a general foundation? So, yeah, that's the foundation. It's just generally the, the whole public United States. What we've done then was say, okay, what can we do to start being more pacific? And we put together truckdrivershealth.org programs, organizational programs for the trucking transportation industry. It was formed two years ago, and we put it on the road last year. So what are some things you try to teach truck drivers to help them be healthier? A lot of men and women that are truck drivers don't realize that that truck 
and the uh, transportation industry is a good workout location. What you've got to do, though, is be taught how and what to do when you're driving that truck. If I took a truck and pulled it into a truck plaza and I was going to have lunch, I try to talk to drivers, park as far away as possible. It might increase your walking distance a little bit, but over a week or two of doing that, you've added a little bit of mile to your walking. Mm-hmm. And little by little, that's going to catch on with your body. You're going to feel a little bit better, but that's just the first step. But then I say, okay, not only have you now parked way over at the other side of the driveway and you have to walk more steps to get in there. We brought a program out with Walk a Mile America, and I had the men and women walk with me from their truck to the plaza. And as I was walking, I was throwing pennies out. Well, I had them had lunch. I had them meet me before they went back to their trucks. And as they went back to the trucks, I stopped at each penny. And I bent over and showed them how to correctly bend over with my right hand, pick the penny up, go to the next penny, pick it up with my left hand. And I did that 10 times. Now the men and women are saying, hmm, interesting. Now, if I take 10 pennies and go to 20 pennies to 50 pennies to a dollar, I've done some pretty good bending. Good exercise. So our programming, what we were taught 50 years ago and what's taught today are totally different. But they also had, you know, when we we were being taught, get in the gym, stress it out, push the limits. Well, we've now found out that you can work about 10 times during the day for about two or three minutes. And it's equivalent to a workout in the gym. And so what we try to do is say, OK, look, at if you're a truck driver and you're starting at penny and you're picking up the pennies and you're up at 50 pennies, let's try something else. Now, they have to put one or two steps to get into the truck, but most truck drivers on an average only get in and out of their truck probably about five times a day. Let's increase that first step. I pull myself up, put myself back down, pull myself up at the other leg, pull myself down. Well, that's clever. Yeah, I can start now and then I can go to the second step. So I'm getting my legs now to do something. I'm picking up the pennies, which are helping my breathing, my chest, my stomachs and my thighs, stuff like that. Now I'm pulling myself up on a truck more times instead of being in and out of that truck only five times a day. I've just made a workout that's going to be maybe seven times a day. I can do that and cover that program we talked about earlier. If I, uh, if I do 10 minutes of workout 10 times a day, I'm doing a better workout than if I did a gym. Do you find that you have to convince truck drivers to do these exercises, uh, even though they may be shy about it? Like, you know, if they're doing the stepping exercise, you know, they w- might worry what other drivers would think. Do you, do you find that's a common occurrence? At one time, if I went out and talked to drivers, they'd be embarrassed to do anything out there because health was not really an issue. When I talked to companies at that time, out of 10 companies, nine of them turned me down. They didn't think that health was going to become an industry problem. Now, uh, last couple of years, the average person out of five drivers that takes the DOT, two of them fail it. The third one on the borderline. Now, if you have a truck company, like, say, Swift or, um, you know, any uh, J.B. Hunt or uh, Lancer or any one of them that are in there that have 25, 30,000 drivers, add that math up. Right. Right now, you go through a truck company across the United States, you're going to see about an average company, 50 to 150 trucks 
sitting there that they cannot get operational because the guy is either on leave or can't pass the DOT that day. So could you describe the DOT exam process? You know, I read on your website that failing that exam is a real possibility for many truck drivers. Like what, what's involved with that? Well, you have to have a DOT physical every two years and you have to pass it. Everything's checked out like you have a normal physical. If the doctor sees your blood pressure high, now there are regulated numbers that have to go with the DOT that says, okay, if you have just a slight increase of blood pressure, you can now be turned down for 30 days and you'll have a chance to bring that blood pressure down by whatever means. The second time you go in there, you get it six months and, and then you don't get it at all. The DOT has fa- uh, failed you. And I guess the purpose is to make sure that there are safe drivers on the road. Well, it's uh, not much safe as a, uh, how healthy you are. Uh, like a pilot, you need to regulate, you know, you have to be fairly healthy to, you know, to be flying that plane. You don't want to be unhealthy. Gotcha. Drivers the same way. An average truck driver does 100,000 miles a year. You don't want him having sugar diabetes attack. You don't want him having a heart attack. Now, granted, a lot of drivers are healthy, but that scenario versus the last 20 years has changed. What kinds of results have you seen so far from the programs you've been running? We deal with probably 500 some thousand drivers a year. We have probably well over a couple million email lists that we deal with on just health issues. When we started the drivers, I probably didn't have a 50% ratio of men and women that were actually on the program and actually succeeding. Mm-hmm. I have men and women now that have dropped two, 300 pounds. Wow. Yeah. The heaviest person we ever dealt with was 612 pounds. That's impressive. My job is to say, look, at, if you want to make a change, that choice has to be yours. I can just give you the keys to open the doors to help you. You have got to go in the door. Yeah. It's all about establishing habits and routines and you help them do that. Yeah. And once we do that, it doesn't take but six, seven weeks to really change your system. People think, well, I've got, I could do this, you know, it's going to have to bust my chops in the gym and stuff like that. It's not that. A truck driver's routine is a little stressful because he's dealing with four wheelers all the time on the road and highways. You know, for a truck driver to see, he sees hundreds and hundreds of cars an hour. And every one of them might have a bad day. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of it that way. See, and, you, and here's what a lot of men and women don't really realize. A truck driver can only drive a certain amount of hours per day. They're regulated by DOT. Now, if you start at 8 o'clock in the morning and the first thing you do is hit a construction zone, my time and clock are still ticking. And I am now not making any money and I'm not moving my truck. Because I am sitting in the construction zone. See, I was never aware of that. Yeah, a lot of people are not. But now, okay, I go through and it takes me an hour and a half maybe for an accident or a construction site or, you know, whatever it's going to be. I'm losing the time to make money. And basically, the stress is on the driver. Now he's got the stress of the four-wheeler. He's got the stress of the construction. He's got to stress a little of everything. So it's, it's a vicious job. A lot of drivers don't realize that they can stop more than they really can. Mm-hmm. They're so uh, programmed to get point A to point B that they fail to consider themselves. At the same time, how many people see a different state every other day? 
Oh, so there's some sightseeing involved. Oh, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. It's like you and your family going on a trip to California and you're seeing every state and you're seeing a difference in the environment and a difference in the uh, roads and a difference in the towns, difference in the people. A truck driver sees that every day. So what makes you the most proud about the work that you do? The thing that probably moves me the most is when I see a driver's face change. It gets really emotional when you talk to, you know, driver John today, and then you see him again, uh, maybe a month later at the same truck show or truck plaza, and he's lost 20 pounds. And if Josh, I get a little emotional. (laughs) Oh, that's okay. If you see him and you talk to him and you see his face or her face and they've changed they're they're healthier their motivation has changed their whole outlook attitude wise has changed that couple seconds of watching him explain to you what he's done you don't get it better than that yeah yeah moves me every time it's probably the reward that drives me the most so in a way i'm just sitting here thinking like it's almost like you're a traveling teacher yeah uh, yeah, basically, I think that's probably what it comes out to be. Because I've spoken to a, a couple of educators on, uh, for this in the past, and they've said the same thing, like when they see people's eyes light up, like when they learn something. Yeah. It sounds like you have the same experience. Yeah, yeah. And they, it stays with them. All the times that you didn't get anything done and you sit there and you've been there 12, 14 hours and it's hot and you're sticky and sweaty and and then have lunch that day and you're saying, why am I sitting there? You know, why is this not working? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then one of those men or women come up to you, you almost, you, I mean, you just fall over yourself. You just, you just don't get a better reward than that. I taught at the University of Buffalo and at you know, two-year college level and high school level. So oh, I didn't know that. I didn't do it long. I didn't, uh, I went and got my degree and I found out I cannot handle undisciplined individuals. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not alone in that. So what keeps you busy outside of doing all this work? Basically, this job takes probably 90% of my uh, time up because we being a nonprofit, we have to raise funds yearly. And our fundraising starts in July and goes to November. During the day, we probably put in about 12, 14 hours every day, volunteer-wise. And then basically, I also add I think we start at 6.30, and I'm probably not done until 9.30, 10.30, 11.30 at night sometimes. How do you sustain that? <laughs> I, I don't mind it. I'm, you know, we're from an older group, and we, we just uh, work a little different. But I, I enjoy what I do, so it's not work. Uh, it's like you're doing, you know, you're doing this program because of the fact that you enjoy doing it. So if you took 20 hours to do it, it wouldn't phase you because you like it. Right. And that's with me. I, I enjoy what I'm doing. For recreation, I have a farm here in Oklahoma. We have horses, cows, and that kind of stuff. So if I get really uptight, I can say, well, it's time to take a 20, and I'll take a day or two off, but it's a pretty good schedule. So what kinds of things do you have coming up in the future? Tomorrow, I get ready to go, and I'm, uh, I leave for another week, and then I, I'm off for two weeks, and I'm off the rest of the year. So I oh. have truck shows and truck programs that we have to do right up till November. Wow. We just picked up Rodell uh, Magazine's publications. I don't know if you know Preventive Magazine, you know, Men's Health. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah, and we're going to be taking that magazine and bringing it out to the truck companies because Preventive Magazine is one of the nicest magazines about health out there. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of times they're sitting at a dock waiting for somebody to call them and say, let's unload the trailer. So they've got that time. And, yeah, they have the phone and stuff like that. But you're looking at a phone that is what, the size of your hand? Mm-hmm. Uh, it gets a little boring after a while. So we decided to go. We partnered with Rodell to do it. And they're going to be bringing those magazines out exclusively with health information about the transportation industry. That's great. That's a good idea. Yeah. It gives us an excellent advertising opportunity because their magazine covers just millions and millions of people. In the transportation, they're none. So mm-hmm. we're, bringing, we're going to open up a new avenue for them. It's a good deal. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Never been done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's something that like regular people can do to make the lives of truck drivers easier? A lot of times, the four-wheeler does not realize the size of a semi. Now, is four-wheeler a term you use for everyday drivers? Yeah, that they call them four-wheelers. Okay. When you look at it statistic-wise, accidents per vehicle, truck drivers are the safest out there. But they also have a very big vehicle. That truck does not stop on a dime. It does not turn a corner like a car does. So the best thing that I could try to teach a four-wheeler is, you know, stay back where you can see his mirrors, he can see you. If you're going to pass, the next thing I try to teach drivers is say, what you want to do is when you're ready to pass, make sure you do have enough distance because you're going 80 foot long. <laughs> so back off, take a look and get by the truck as fast as you can. Go right by, get in front of it, but don't get in front of the truck. Go down farther. Keep out of that lane until you can see a good portion of that truck in your mirrors. Not your side mirror, but your middle mirror. That's a good tip. And don't do anything like stop. People go in front of cars. They're so upset. Well, you know, this truck held me back for all this time. I'm going to get in front of him and slam my brakes on. That truck cannot stop like you do. Mm-hmm. Get away from them. These are vehicles that are safe, but they're not that safe. You right. have to get away from them. Drivers are very safe out there. Our industry is one of the safest out there, but you very seldom hear about that. You always hear about the truck driver hitting the bus for a Walmart or some, whatever it's going to be. You know, you're right. I always hear about trucks exploding and that kind of thing. Yeah. But then there are all these drivers that are driving every day that never have an incident. So that's a good point. I have a million miles of safe driving in an 18-wheeler. There's a lot of men and women out there. When you start calling a company, you'll find out that they might have 10 people, 20 people on staff that are million-mile drivers. That is impressive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and people don't get to see that. And that's the things that we try to get out there. We congratulate drivers all the time. It's almost the same way what we do when we see police. Every time we go into a restaurant or any place I am and I see any police officer sitting there, I will walk up to them. And if I have a chance, I will buy them lunch. If I have the chance, I will say, we really appreciate what you do because we know your job is difficult. You'd be surprised, Josh, how many times they do not hear that. Mm-hmm. And we do the same with our military. If there's a military guy there, I will make sure I try to buy his lunch. And we have to get that kind of stuff out there. And that's what Walk a Mile America and what we do in the transportation. All we try to do is say, hey, look, it. let's get out there and say, you know, we enjoy what we're doing. And we're going to tell people about it. And we're going to thank other occupations that we think are important also. That's so cool. Like, I'm going to start watching for that kind of thing in my own life now. Because I, you know, I never put that together either. <laughs> yeah. 
it's amazing sometimes. The other day I was coming back from uh, New York. I went to see my great granddaughter. And coming back, I was in just a little town and I stopped at a subway. And a woman, police officer and male uh, police officer were just in there having a sub. And I tried to grab the bill, but they already had it paid. The thing was, though, I looked her in the eye and says, you know, we really appreciate what you girls and guys do. She almost cried. Oh. Yeah. They couldn't understand where I was coming from. Yeah, they don't hear that sort of thing often enough. So what would be the best way for us to keep up with truckdrivershealth.org and what you're doing on social media? We have our website, truckdriversheath.org and the walkamileamerica.org program. If you can look at them and like us, like yourself, if you like us, that helps. Because when we go for a sponsor, they say, well, what's your Facebook? Mm -hmm. They look at the numbers. It's all about numbers. Yep. So the more people that will like us on our Facebook, that increases our numbers on there. What kinds of information do you provide? We will give you how to do a diet. We'll give you how to exercise. We'll give you psychological uh, help. And we're all free. If you talk to me on the phone by chance you get to me, I don't charge you. I'll work out a program for you. You know, if, you're, if you call me, Josh, and says, well, you know, I saw you on a website. I said, what can I do? I'll, I'll stay on the phone for the next month with you, and I'll help you design a program that'll work for you. And you do get calls like that? Yeah. Yeah. I'll recommend what you can do, what you can't do. We'll just help you put the program together because you're over the road. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to go to a Jenny Craig meeting every week, but you could call us. Or why don't we attach you to 19, 20 other people that are on Jenny Craig? That's so great, Barry. Yeah. It is just communication togetherness. <laughs> yep. How's that for a term? <laughs> That's a secret. Yeah. Yeah. But you're doing it now, Josh. You're doing exactly what we do. How do you mean? Well, you reached out, but you're, t- you know, there's a lot of companies out there that we don't know about. And you were doing that. You're bringing them out to say, hey, by the way, I was talking to this guy at this company over here. Did you ever take a look at it? And that's Oh, I see. Yeah. And you're doing exactly the same I do. Yeah. You're younger and prettier. <laughs> oh, that's sweet of you. So, uh, I mean, we've covered a lot. Is there anything else you'd like to add? No. Uh, if you can like us and tell us that, you know, we are a nonprofit, totally volunteer company. If they're interested in products or stuff that we have or that want to sponsor us, we really, really, really appreciate it. If anybody wants to call us, we're available 24-7. We can always email, text, or phone. Either way, we'll we'll try to answer it. If they have programs and you find somebody that is a little shy and didn't know what to do about maybe a health issue that they have, no matter what it is, we are 100% confidential. Nothing is shared internet-wise or doctor-wise. It's all up to the person and us. All the programs are free. It doesn't. Matter. We will help you in any way we can. If it helps you, it helps us. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I feel like, I don't know, it's like just talking with you, I feel enriched because I'm just so glad I discovered your work and what you're doing. Yeah, I appreciate the, the call, Josh. I really do. I, I appreciate talking with you. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's good to see that there's young men and women out there that are searching out what America's about. Yep, I agree with you. Okay, Barry. Well, that's all I have. If I can help you anyway, just tell me what it is. Okay. Sounds good, Barry. You have a good day, Josh. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been The Plural of You. I'm Josh Morgan, and the show's website is pluralofyou.org. That's all for now. Thank you for being kind today. Take care.